0: the network for the AV industry.
1: What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is is AV Nation. Nation. This is AV Nation.
2: Greetings, everyone, and welcome to this episode of AV Nation TV's Connected. I'm your host, David Danto. We are... uh Taking a break from our normal format, we're all live in the same room, which never happens for for conferencing and collaboration professionals. We're here at Zoomtopia 2019. Um, we're in the Poly room. Obviously, you guys all know I work for Poly, but you know this is not a Poly show. This is a an AV Nation TV show, and I'm going to keep my agnostic hat on going for this. Um, I'm joined by some of the uh, the greatest industry analysts in our space, and we're going to talk about what we've heard. It's as of this morning, it's day two of Zoomtopia, and we'll get through uh, you know what we've heard, what we think, what's going on, and uh, hopefully it'll be a fun conversation. So let me ask everyone to introduce themselves starting with you.
1: Okay. I'm Blair Pleasant. I'm President and Principal Analyst of Confusion. I'm an independent analyst and I'm also co-founder of BC Strategies, which used to be UC Strategies. I've been in the industry forever and basically covering unified communications, collaboration, contact center, everything that falls under business communications.
0: Great. Welcome. David. Uh, my name is David Maldo. I'm the founder and CEO of Let's Do Video, where we cover business collaboration and team productivity. Uh, let's do videos of a five-year startup, and I've been in the industry another 10 years before that.
3: Thank you. Tim. Tim Bunting, Principal Analyst for Unified Communications and Collaboration at Oven.
4: And uh, hi, I'm Erwin Lazar. I'm Vice President Service Director at Emeritus Research, covering the collaboration space. Been an analyst now for about 18 years. And prior to that, background was a network engineer.
2: Terrific. Okay, so, FYI, we're recording this thing on an experimental camera, which is right there, which is doing all the switching by itself for us. Obviously, I'm out of the frame, I'm sideways, and I've also got a camcorder recording in the back, to, so we have a backup in case the shot's weird, and I'll kind of patch it together, go together going forward, but you guys should look at each other and look at that camera as we go. Um, so, we are at ZoomTopia 2019, which is the third ZoomTopia, according to Eric. So, four years ago, would you guys, in your role, in your career, ever imagined having been here to cover Zuntopia?
3: This is my first Zoom, so um, I think in those four years, seeing such amazing progress and uh, it seems to have lost lost a lot of the competitors, I think a lot of the, um, the, comp- the competitive gap has certainly got bigger. Seeing a lot more development um, with uh, Zoom than I have with many others in the, in, in the industry, I think. Uh, that's top of mind for me. Seeing the pace of innovation there,
1: and the fact that they came out with Zoom Phone made a big difference for a lot of us. Uh, I, I wouldn't have been here probably if it wasn't for that. So they've really changed their area of focus, and now they're much more broad. And getting they're they're a real key part of the UC industry right now. Whereas before they were kind of maybe peripheral, now they're right in there.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think if you go back four or five years ago, the idea that another video or another meeting application would launch when we had WebEx, we'd go to meeting, we had GoToMeeting, we had uh, Microsoft, and so many others. Uh, there was a ton of excitement around WebRTC, and yet Zoom has actually focused more on a client, and, and even, although they support WebRTC, it hasn't really been their, their core focus area, that, that a product could come along and disrupt the market that already had so many entrants trying to do the same is, is kind of remarkable.
0: I've I've liked Zoom since day one to the point where other analysts made fun of me. When they were new, when they were just a startup, when they seemed to be uh, for small medium businesses, like $12 a month, that's not how you do video. And everyone was like, yeah, David, we get it, you like them, you keep writing all this nice stuff about them. But I thought they had the right way to do video. Since the Jetsons, I wanted full screen video, I didn't like all the menus on the side. Now everyone has full screen video, but when I first made my first Zoom call, I don't know if I predicted this, this is an amazing event, but I knew they would be big.
2: Aren't those moments in our career cool, the ones where, you know, four or five years down the road, you were proven right? And you get to go, yeah, nah, that's just really amazing. Not, not enough are, of them, yeah. but I love them. <laughs> okay. Well, did you see, anybody remember the numbers? I didn't remember them. Um, he put it up on a slide yesterday. Eric did, the CEO in the morning, of, of how the growth of the people just coming to the event. Mm-hmm. Uh, this event is, is how many times bigger than the first ones? A more than, than,
4: than two. two. I think it's about yeah. 24, 2600. I think yeah. it doubled every year. I think yeah. it doubled from one to yeah. two and two to three.
2: Would it be wrong for us to say, and I don't know what's fair. I'm trying to be fair. Would it be wrong for us to say they're the leader in the space right now? It depends in, on which
3: space. Mm, that's a very good point. Well, because think about it in
2: terms of revenue and applications. Has anybody got you know the the, the valuation, the the breadth?
4: The... Yeah, Microsoft. <laughs> in our data, Microsoft is still far and away the market leader in the okay. meeting telephony uh, team collaboration space. Uh, Zoom showed up about fourth in terms of market share. Uh, behind, behind Microsoft, uh, GoToMeeting, who still has a, a very large installed base in you then know, More just recently, they, they've kind of come back into the market with, with some gusto uh, and Cisco as well. I mean, in terms
0: of product, in terms of reach, in terms of customers, there's a lot of metrics we could use to define leader, uh, but in terms of customer satisfaction, they are by far the leader bar none. And the proof of that is go to their Twitter feed and go to the competitor's Twitter feed. Most companies, their Twitter feed is, well, it's like my Twitter feed. Here's my latest announcement. Go to my website, see my new thing. This is what I'm doing now. Uh, Zoom's Twitter feed is, and has been for years, retweeting customers saying, oh, my God, I love Zoom. I just made my first Zoom call. This is all I'm going to use now. It's like no other company's Twitter feed. And a- as a metric, their customers just love them. And, and, and the- it
1: really goes to their, it just works. Because, you know, as analysts, we all use, you know, whichever, um, meeting application, the vendor that we're uh, meeting with uses, whenever I use Zoom, it's like, thank you, you know, it's, it's so much easier, and the others, you really have to try, and Zoom, you know, as they say, it, it just works, and that's why people love them.
3: I don't like using the term leader, I, like, I don't like dealing in absolutes, <coughs> I say they are certainly a leading service. But to Blair's point, of course, you've got the Zoom phone, Zoom chat as well. It's becoming more of a UC and C tool rather than just a meeting or a conferencing tool. So these market adjacencies are all converging. You know, it used to be very easy to say UC or conferencing or enterprise social networking or or whatever. They're they're all converging now. So it seems like it's the battle of the suites rather than the battle of the individual work, well, for want of a better word, workload. I know that's a Microsoft term. But... You used to be able to carve it out very easily, but now it's all converging into this UCC as a service capability. And interestingly,
2: I've I've heard rumors from some of the manufacturers out there and some of the platforms out there that while the the, the forward um, process is bundling, and coming up with suites, they're all now willing to, in the background, say, well, you know what, if bundling doesn't work for you, we're going to start doing a little bit of all la cart stuff, mm. so that, you know, if you really want to have the, the meetings and the, and the phone, but you're not interested in the team chat or anything else, they're going to, I would suspect, over the next six or eight months, most of the services will start to announce that they'll be available to enterprises in whatever flavor they want to take them in whatever combination they
3: want. That's do. right, and I think we, we, we've done some recent research where, you know, in general, worldwide, we're seeing, uh, we surveyed about 2,000, um, companies out there between four to six applications, UCC applications, a typical company will have. So, I don't think it's going to be a winner-takes-all. I think the ease of use is going to be a big driver in a lot of enterprises. A lot of people will still have Microsoft Office 365 in whatever flavor, whether or not that's E1 for, or E1 because it's cheaper to even have just the file storage, online file storage, than perhaps a, a Dropbox or, 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 a, or a box, um, with, the, um, with the exchange, with, the, with, with, the, with email as well. Um, but I think it's up to the competitors to show where they can add value and differentiation between the delta of an E1 and perhaps an E5 where you have the calling plans from Microsoft. So there's going to be this, there's going to be a lot of um, interesting discussions in boardrooms between facilities managers, HR directors, IT people, all trying to work out what, what's best to what's best to provision. And it's going to be the end user that I think will ultimately decide, fingers crossed, because to Blair's point we want something that just works, we don't want to have buttons all over the place and multiple layouts and all that sort of and,
1: and I think something we're seeing now that, that I really love is that a lot of the decisions are being made by line of business people. So it's not just the IT people saying, okay, this is what you're going to use. The line of, peop- uh, line of business people are saying, you know, I want to use Slack for this. I want to use Zoom for that. I want to use, you know, I, I still have my, well, people aren't saying that they have their old stuff that they want to use, but they're bringing in what works for them. So the IT people now have to adjust. So in some cases it is you know you're going to get this full suite from this one vendor and in other cases it's okay you can use what you want and we're going to try to support you.
4: Yeah. We've seen the continued battle between IT and, and line of business. Uh, the data we published earlier this year based on about 645 companies is that the majority are focused on single vendor solution from an IT perspective so if it's not you know Microsoft or Google or Cisco we don't we don't want it but the, the correlation with success the company is actually uh, saw a positive ROI for their collaboration investments, they were more likely to be using a best of breed strategy where they were saying, you know, hey, let's give Zoom a shot or let's give, a, you know, another competitor a shot because perhaps there there's some benefit there in terms of, of uh, improving efficiency, saving money, achieving revenue gains, or so on.
0: You know, and I think this theme of, of the user being the new king is a big part of Zoom's success. Mm-hmm. In the old days, it was the CTO would get a demo from some great company and say, wow, this device is amazing, and they buy 100 of them, put them in the meeting rooms, and hope people use them.
2: Or make and the proverbial golf course deal.
0: Yes, exactly. Exactly. That's how business got done. And if the workers liked it, they would use it. And if they didn't, they wouldn't. And if they try to bring in their own apps or their own tools, they wouldn't, wouldn't be allowed to. And now they've rebelled. It's just too easy to bring in your own apps and your own tools. So we can't tell them, no, you can't use that. And if Zoom is, went viral, basically, by someone sends you a link and you're in a meeting and you're saying, what is this? Can I get this? And now the sales process isn't someone coming in saying everyone use it, it's everyone in the company is kind of using this weird Zoom thing. Can we get licenses and make it legit? So I think a big part of Zoom's success has been fortunately due to the
4: empowerment of the user. Ironically, that was Skype's model too, right? Yes. Skype came in the enterprise years ago because it was a cheap way to make long-distance phone calls. And then you can do it on on your PC or your phone and then all of a sudden enterprises, at first they tried to crush it and then they said, yeah. no, no, we need to, we need to support it. So it's just, you see this pattern play out.
3: What, what, what I find interesting is the, um, when you consider all the different applications that people have and some vendors with their closed ecosystem or we've got an appliance which means we want to own the whole, you know, the devices, the, the, the licenses, right. the software, this is where things get interesting because, you know, you need to have a device that offers that multiple capability, that flexibility to be one thing one day, another thing another th- uh, another day. So, you know, you can standardise on a service, but don't standardise on, on, on a particular appliance because if another IT director comes in or a line of business decision maker comes in and says, it doesn't support this and I need this functionality, you can switch vendors and you don't have to switch out devices. So there's going to be this interesting play where you're, you're either locked into an ecosystem or you're going to have to have some flexibility in devices, so it'd be interesting to see how that all all plays out, I think.
2: Yeah, that's actually, let's talk about that just for a minute or two, and then let's get into the the Zootopia announcements, because I want us to to talk about what we heard about uh, over the last day or so. Um, But, you know, we lived in a world in our industry last 10 years, 15 years, I don't know how far back you want to go, where the idea was I'm committing to a platform, so I'm committing to a technology, and this is what we use, and that is our standard, period. And I think we're at a point now where we're finally getting uh, video and UC to follow what happened in the commercial telephony market, which is users don't care. Users are going to get a call from somebody that's using a different product or a different service and it needs to work. So all of this, we're going to go brand X or we're going to go brand Y and it's going to be just that and that's it because we've made our decision because we're never going to have an outside call, is being proved is ridiculous. And I think, I hope that the industry is going to change and there's going to be less of this issues with interoperability and more with the understanding that we're going to be in multiple clouds every day, three, four, five services and we just have to be able to cope with that. Are you guys seeing that as well? Most definitely.
3: Yeah, it has to be like that. I mean, it's like the good old days of, oh my word, turn the clock back to PBXs where before we all had IP licenses, whichever genius decided you need a license to run an IP phone, we all had analog phones. And you could buy any analog phone from anywhere and it would work into, in an analog card that fit in the PBX. And then some genius said, right, IP phones, IP license, proprietary signaling, you're locked in now. And and it's a it's a very um,
2: lucrative Business. I, I blogged so. about the Carter phone decision if you go back into history and what Judge Green did with AT&T as a monopoly. All those things that led to the fact that if you get a phone call you can get it from any device on any service anywhere and it just works. We're, we're going to hopefully approach that in the enterprise and all these monopolies will sort of like break down and it'll be the best products that are out there.
3: It's almost like democratization of devices is going to be uh, exactly. an interesting trend to watch I think. I mean I'm still not sure
4: we're, we're going to ever have that scenario where, every, where you can use one app and, and connect to anything or one device and connect to anything. I mean, you know, look at what's happened in the team collaboration space. Um, you know, I'm probably on six different team platforms right now trying to juggle conversations and yeah. it does create some frustration. We, we see, it, you know, some of our the people who work in my company I've got a. Uh, I'm talking to this company in, in Cisco Webex Teams, and I'm talking to this one in Slack, and this one in RingCentral, and I'm. We you know we're using Slack internally and, and trying to juggle across all of these different applications almost becomes a pro- productivity hindrance. So yes, it would be great if I you know look we're we're say a Slack shop we can federate with anyone. Um, There are services that allow that from the messaging standpoint but haven't seen anything yet from a voice and video. Not yet. Well, we, you know, things have gotten better. A lot of these things
0: do work together. So we can do best of breed. We can use multiple things. We can share information between the two. A lot of them are actively working integrations. uh, Even well, not five years ago, 10 years ago, it was it was bad. I remember working at Wayne House Research in the lab, trying to make a call between a Tamburg device and a Polycom device using the same standard, and things not working. And, you know, you call each company and say, well, they're not doing the standard right. And, <laughs> and now they all work together. They all interoperate, and they, they, all, they all function. So we can do this sort of uh, best-of-breed things. So I think we're going to... We might not get to the universal dialing. It was funny, I was at one of the... I don't remember, it was Enterprise Connector, Infocom, and there was a panel, and there was an exec from all of the major cloud vendors up there, there's like 12 people. And, and Scott Wharton from, from Logitech, who's not a cloud person. And I asked a question, I said, what we're we talking about? If I want to call someone, it doesn't matter if they're on Sprint or AT&T, they have a number, we have a universal dining plan we agree to. So you people on this panel, after this, you can go into a back room and you can agree on a universal dining plan. You can make it work. Are you going to? And they all kind of said the problems with it. And finally Scott from Logitech said, David, I hate to tell you, these guys aren't going to do it. It's just not going to happen.
2: I don't think it's going to be a corporate decision from any of the vendors, I think it's going to be a market-driven decision from the users. Exactly. As soon as one or two or three platforms or companies come out with the ability to be at least a little bit more universal, we'll start a one-upping game where everybody needs to do that and you know, the users will win. So anyway, let's all change gear. Let's start with you because you're next to me. Top of mind, what's the top one or two things you heard about from Zymtopia? What, 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 what really moved things for you?
1: Well again, I cover uh, the voice aspect of things a lot, so I was really impressed with what they're doing with Zoom Phone. and I, I was in a, uh, quite a few sessions and you know, the, the presenter would always ask, you know, how many people out here are using Zoom Phone? And I was amazed at how many people raised their hands and it hasn't been out that long. I mean, yes, this is a Zoom group, but I, I was really impressed with the progress that they've made and, um, you know, we thought, you know, it's going to take a long time and no one's really going to use it because they're already using what they have or there's so many other things out there but people are really buying into this whole idea of you know I've got Zoom for meetings and video and I'm going to use it for voice and I think it's being really really disruptive so for me that was my big oh, this is really making a difference okay david
0: uh, I, I like the new features in the in the meetings and the webinars, um, the, the the green screen thing. They had green screen for a while, but now green screen without a green screen, moving backgrounds on green screen, putting your PowerPoints up there. Um, I've been trying to do these things using third-party software, and it's, it's something I figured out, but I can't recommend everyone do. It's tricky. And by adding these features to Zoom, everyone's going to be able to do this. And I've been doing webinars this way with the PowerPoint behind me as a green screen. It's so much more effective. It's so much more engaging. And I'm glad that the rest of the world will be able to to do things this way now.
3: Cool. I think for me, there wasn't anything that really. I like listening to what doesn't get announced. So there wasn't a great deal on team collaboration, for example. You know, chat. There was nothing. There was nothing. Um, and and in the main stage presentations on uh, Zoom phone, there are a few more. There are a few new features, but it was a, a restatement of what we already do. Um, on the conferencing and meeting side the pace of innovation is, is really quick and, and I, I to David's point that the sort of um, ability to ha- present with a PowerPoint background I love because if you're on a if you're on a meeting you end up with where do I look because I've got the presenter here I've got mm. all of the gallery view here and I've got the content here and you end up doing this but um, I think it's going to be a lot more engaging for audiences and they're going to be a lot more present within a, within a meeting so for me it's the actual pace of the innovation and leveraging, you know, a uh, hyperscale platform as a service provider means that they don't have to worry about back-end infrastructure, you know, while you've got other vendors that are still worrying about we need to engineer this, we need to put time into engineering our back-end, Zoom can just focus on the things that matter, The, the you know, making things simple for the end user. Yeah, right.
4: yeah I think there there are two things that really jumped out at me. First was the uh, launch of the Room Systems, so uh, the Poly X series, uh, Neat. the the changing of the architecture to where most of the room kits have been, let's put together a camera, compute power, a tablet, maybe a keyboard, maybe a remote in some cases, and we're kind of building a kit that has a lot of different components versus uh, you know, again, to you know, Cisco as an example, their model had been more focused on let's put all the intelligence into the, the the single piece of equipment that has the camera, has audio, has has compute power built in. And we've done some research that shows that that approach generally leads to lower total cost of operation because there's just less mo- moving parts. So with with Poly and Neat introducing a very s- similar system to the RoomKit Mini that that Cisco introduced for their their platform, you know, you start to see that capability now rolling into the uh, into the into the uh, Zoom. Ecosystem, and you know, causes probably some disruptions for Logitech and Crushtron and some of the other partners that are out there. So that was one. The second one, going back to Blair's point, was around Zoom phone. Uh, the, seeing the interest, seeing the real-world deployments. What we have seen for organizations specifically that, that seem to be adopting Zoom is the phone just becomes irrelevant. All of my calls now happen in Zoom, whether they're internal or external. So why do I need a phone? Uh, I need a phone to call out to somebody if they're, you know, they're still not willing to use Zoom or. Called make personal calls or, or whatever. So uh, why not just get a cheap phone service built into Zoom and then I can eliminate the, the PBX. So Zoom is, is kind of, the, the core Zoom meeting applications I, we think is, is replacing the, the phone system mm-hmm. versus Zoom Phone replacing the phone system. Zoom Phone just becomes kind of that if I really need to make a call out to the PSTN I've got that capability.
1: Yeah, we heard uh, There was an analyst session and we heard from a couple and user uh, customers and one said something really interesting he said you know why would I you know walk into a room and cover my eyes and not see people you know so if I'm going to have a call to somebody why would I not want to see them so I it really brought home the value and I, I think people are, are really becoming more comfortable with video you know in the past it used to be you know oh, I don't want to do it I'm gonna you know cover the thing on my um, Computer because I don't want people to see me. Now it's like we're we're doing video and we're just getting used to it. So, why wouldn't you want to have video if you're interacting with somebody?
2: I think it's people like us generally, and you know, all technologists haven't had a problem doing video. But a lot of the people that have been in the workforce for 10, 20, 30, 40 years were struggling with, you know, I don't want anybody to see me today or I don't look good on video or whatever. Honestly, I think a lot of that problem being solved is simply a lot of the people that have been in the workforce for a long time aging out and a lot of the new entries have been living with video on their devices for years
3: and they're just not embarrassed by it anymore. There are some issues. I mean, our company uses docking stations, for example. So, when you go into our offices and you put your laptop down, you've got no video at all because the webcam's closed. So, you know, is your IT department going to go out and buy additional webcams to sit, to sit on your jaw? We really hope so. Well, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of vendors that would like that. But there are some things like that, but I think the... You know, There is a, a, a comfort level and I think as people become more comfortable with seeing colleagues, they'll just say, well, yeah, I, I'll, I'll, I'll just uh, throw my hat in and I'll switch on video as well. But I think it's taken a long while to get that comfort oh, yeah. factor right. People thinking, you know, do I look okay? Do I, you know, it, it's, it's, it's weird because as everyone says, we all meet together uh, physically and it just seems weird that we, we don't online. I think
0: the generation gap is is going away with video. I don't think we just have to wait for the new, younger people to come in and wait for for us to age out. Um, It was that way ten years ago. When I was at Wayne House Research, we had all these cameras on the wall that we were testing. And if um, someone my age walked into the room, they'd say, are those cameras on? And if someone my parents' age walked into the room, they would peek into the room and say, what's going on in there? And if the kids walked in, they would say, oh, cameras, and they would start dancing. Um, That's changed. My mom does not call me anymore. She FaceTimes me. It's always video. Uh, when I make calls, you know, business calls, everyone of every age, they're all on video now. Look at YouTube now. It's not just the kids showing off, it's everyone. grandma, showing how to cook apple pies. Uh, We've become a video culture. TikTok. That's TikTok. Yes. Oh, TikTok, that's weird. <laughs> but anyway, it's we become a, a video culture. Twitter is all video now. Everything's all video. FaceTime's all video, uh, Facebook. So um, I don't think we have to worry about all oh, you know. Uh, us older guys aren't going to want to use it anymore. We're using it. We're using it at home. We're going to use it at business. Another one of those we were
2: right moments.
1: But but there are still a lot of people who are uncomfortable, whatever the generation. Um, and you know, I know I focus a lot on user adoption. Irwin, I know you you do that too. So it's it's still really important in a lot of organizations when you do introduce video to make sure that the end users are comfortable with it. And what I always talk about is they need to understand what's in it for me. So why should I be using video? What am I going to be getting out of it? You know, what's the benefit to me and the organization? And how's it going to improve the way I do things? So I, I think it's hard to just, you know, throw out video and say, okay, everybody's going to use it. You really do need to work on, you know, getting people used to it and comfortable and understanding, also best practices, you know, what. You know maybe what to do and what not to do on video you know what not to have in the background uh so so i i think it's still important to not just throw it out there but really introduce it in the right way
4: lighting yeah. mm. is, is- Seems to be the most important. If you're yeah. sitting behind a, a bright, open window, behind you, yeah. it's just not a real. As, as you practice. happen to be sitting behind a window, <laughs> yeah. and the sun's coming up that's too bright, yeah, but yeah.
2: All right, so so there were a couple of really significant announcements um, from partners that came out at the show, and I'm going to be really careful, and you guys know me. Um, I'm 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 speaking as the moderator of this show, and not as the representative of a, a company that I work for. Um, <laughs> but um, uh, we saw uh, some old friends come out of stealth and talk about a product and we saw, you know, a brand new relaunch of, uh, of, of some of the Poly products. So wh- why don't you guys talk about your opinions of those two incidents and, and, and how that's really going to change the, the, the Zoom concept, as you were talking about before, that it's, not, it's no longer going to be, I love what my CMO said. She called it, we're, we're taking Zoom away from the tinker toy solutions and putting them into some real good things. I love that expression, but but what do you guys think? Break that down and, and what are we hearing about with uh, with NEAT and uh, and with Polly's announcements?
4: Yeah, I think it goes back to what I talked about earlier, having that self-contained. I put one device in the room, I connect it to a monitor, I connect it to a power source, I connect it to the network, and I, I'm good to go is, is really groundbreaking from the Zoom ecosystem versus the the kits that the other vendors have been offering. You know, I I think uh, what we are are hearing from enterprises, one of the big frustration points is that they're not just one service anymore, sort of what we talked about. I may do a Zoom call in the morning, I may do a WebEx call in the afternoon, I may do a Microsoft call, you know, at night or whatever. Um, That's where I think we still need to see the market evolve to that point where you give users the ability to do multiple services and and most of the vendors now, the only way they support that is if
3: you have separate compute, you plug a laptop in, you have a a PC in the room or something like that. Yeah. I think that what what amazes me is the price points. I mean, so much technology. I mean, I'm glad I'm not paying for it personally, (laughs) but for 2000, 2500, you can get a very, very feature-rich, capable product, you know, end of of desk sort of um, video bar. It's really cost effective, a lot of technology goes into it, with touch screens as well for for easy room control. Um, The amount of technology that gets put into these devices is incredible, and the capabilities. But we shouldn't also sort of just look at the hardware, we need to look at the underlying features as well. So you know, the the ability to block annoying noises, the sort of, um, the fencing capabilities that you have, all of those features, uh, that's where the next war is going to be, it's sort of, we've got this feature, we've got this AI capability, we've got this face recognition, uh, it's, you know, we used, to, we used to say, "Seeing is believing." Um, you need to experience these things. You can't just go out and, and buy them because you're you you're going to be playing around with these for, for ages. You'll buy three different versions of the same thing, and then you know, you, you really need to experience it. It's, uh, Great.
2: Well, let's assume that the people that are watching this haven't heard the announcements. So rather than having me repeat them, why don't one of you guys just break down what we heard from Neat and what we heard from Polly, just very briefly, so that everybody's up to speed. Like, I, can, yeah, I can start. On, so, uh,
4: Polly introduced the Studio X series, uh, X30 and X50, uh, designed for, again, kind of single device, pop it in a room, couple of plugs, and, and you're up and running, uh, supporting some of the Polly AI capabilities for noise cancellation and, and framing of, of users. Neat solution, very similar, at least from the room perspective, but more only a single solution for smaller rooms, as well as an interactive touch touch screen.
3: Both touch screens, X30, uh, single monitor, four times zoom, um, X50, uh, dual monitor, five times zoom, um, stereo sounds. Yeah, they look physically similar. But uh, you need to, you need to, you definitely need to experience them. They're and really and awesome. what
2: about you know the reactivation of uh, the Norwegian contingent in our industry? What, what about yeah, that?
3: interested to see OJ back on the scene again. Um, Quite a track
4: record from that team. Yeah. yeah. So, so the, I think the real you know stars of the show is, was the Cisco ecosystem. been in terms of the Cisco legacy. So you had Joe Burton, you had Eric, you had uh, OJ. You know the, these are all folks who. Ten years ago, we were together at Cisco, and, and it, almost from the Cisco perspective, you'd be we sitting there going, "We had all these people. You know. What, happened? No, what happened? Don't forget Eric. Uh, Eric, yeah, mentioned Eric. Yeah, oh, okay. And yeah. then
3: <laughs> Rowan up as a as a customer uh, Rowan, yeah. and, a, and a yeah. advocate of Zoom as well. It, it always felt like the Cisco Club. It's it it like was a, yeah. It was really interesting having Rowan talk
1: about how great Zoom is, and um, you know when he was talking as a uh, five nine customer. So I, I just found that you know fascinating. Um, but as far I, I think as far as the, the main difference between Neat and Poly and what they're offering, you know, the key is that they're both natively integrated to Zoom, so it just you know from the beginning it just works with Zoom. Whereas Poly, it's going to be more of a platform play, so it's going to work with Zoom, it's going to work with Microsoft, it's going to work with you know all these other um, meeting solutions. Whereas um, Neat is, you know, born from Zoom, and whether they're going to open it up and add more. Um, meeting services in the future is pretty unknown right now and it sounds like you know maybe down the road in order to be competitive but right now it is you know Zoom Zoom Zoom. Oh because
2: Zoom invested.
3: yeah, yes. And Zoom did invest. Yeah. Yeah, So I think that's an extremely important point. It's the, the difference between a platform and a product you know, and a platform and an appliance. Um, I've got my own views on which one's going to win out in the future. I, I'm more of a platform guy. Um, and so Erwin's point about um you know, we're seeing these sorts of things happening. We're looking at video operability in the cloud with Pepsip and, uh, and other vendors there. We're looking at Nextplane and, uh, and Mio from a team collaboration perspective. It feels like the industry is ripe for these platforms of interoperability, but I really didn't expect it on the device level. I thought it was all going to be appliance all the way. So I think that platform plays an interesting it's going to be an interesting... I think, uh, I think we need
0: the devices to run more than one, one service. If, on the flight over here, I was wearing a, a Zoom shirt because I'm going to Zoomtopia, and some guy waiting on uh, for the plane looks at me and goes, oh, meet Happy. I'm like, okay, you, you've heard of Zoom. And he goes, well, I'm, I'm an IT guy for an organization, and, and I work with it. And in every room, we have um, Zoom, and we have Google Hangouts um, connected to Link because they have a, a partner that's still using Link, <laughs> using a Polycom device me. to bridge it. And so I'm like, wait a minute, so in every room, you have Microsoft. Polycom, Google, and Zoom. And he goes, Yeah, I, I yeah. This, is, this is my life now. <laughs> and and but so he has to have multiple devices. Yeah. And that, that can't that can't go on that way.
2: So um, let's break it down in terms of the perspective of what was in the Zoom room market before. There are a lot of players, a lot of partners, a lot of good ones, and we we should we shouldn't leave D10 out of as Well, they've also yep. announced a new appliance. So I don't, I don't leave a uh, you know no no favorites here, but they um, the play was a funky touch panel, which may or may not be mounted on the wall, a teeny compute device, Mac or a PC, a whole bunch of spaghetti wires, a display, maybe a camera, maybe a microphone, depending upon how it's put together. What's it going to do to the players in the market that are doing that? Have we has that been made obsolete already, or is that going to still hold a piece in the market going forward as these new, you know, platform plays come out, as these new appliances that are scalable for large enterprises? I mean, clearly, if you're if you're a one-man band or a, um, um, uh, an SMB, you, you may just have a compute in the room, or you may have your own notebook. But when you start to get into these room systems that are scalable, has, has the market just changed for Zoom?
3: Oh, uh, so. <laughs>
4: Yes and no. I guess if if it's a company that's 100% committed to Zoom and, and they are, you know, we're just going to be Zoom from head from here on out, then you know the Neat solution is probably one they're going to look at. And and um, but if, it, it, going back to David's point, uh, there aren't a lot of companies like that. There are a lot of companies that that have multiple meeting applications that have to interface with multiple ones. So if I'm putting Neat rooms out, uh, what happens when somebody wants to do a call on, on Google Hangouts? Uh, so in those cases, I think you're still going to see a lot of interest in the, 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 the systems that have compute or that you know, a lot of our clients have still laptops or Mac minis or whatever sitting in rooms because they want to be able to go in and launch different clients. So uh, I, I think that's going to be the, the, the constraint on a, on a need type solution. Um, again, you have to be fully 100% committed to Zoom and not really have a good answer for what are you doing when you're, you know that room needs to be used for a non-Zoom meeting.
3: Yeah, I think we've seen a number of IT departments that have almost built their own solution because they want to have the switching costs lower. And by ha- by building their own components and selecting their own components, they can say, well, at least, thank goodness we don't have to buy another screen or we d- a panel or we don't have to buy another controller or we don't have to buy another webcam. Oh, well, you know, the CIO or the, the IT department says we're going to use this service now, so I need to swap this out. So, uh, yeah, I think the reason why we've seen so much of a mess of components and complexity is because IT departments don't want to be caught by surprise if all of a sudden the service that they want is no longer, you know, the service that they want.
4: Yeah, I mean like take for example, you know, Zoom getting blocked in China you know, all all of their China customers or, or people who want to have conversations with China now need another solution. Well, if I only put the systems in all of those rooms that only worked with Zoom. Now what do I do? So oh, I think that's yeah, going to be a risk right factor for something. And of long as you
2: mentioned that, we should mention that Eric said that he's got a resolution to that problem coming up yeah, right, at a, right at the analyst session. That they're going to um, have a have a local community page that will work in China. It'll mm-hmm. redirect if anybody tries to hit the U.S. page. Um, and since they're doing that anyway, he said, well, we might as well now start marketing really heavily in China. So um, I think that that was a, a, a surprise bullet, but hopefully it looks like he's dodged that pretty well.
0: Mm-hmm. It's, it's funny. I, I, things move so quickly in this industry. I still think of those kits that you say with the spaghetti wires, the old way that's so terrible. That's still new to me. You know, I'm, I'm thinking the bad things, the old things, those old 264 systems that don't interoperate with anything, that you need an IT person to, to use the remote control to make the call. Um, I've been doing evals of these kits, and I'm like, this is fantastic. There's, oh yeah, there's three or four cables, but they're different colors, and you see which color each one goes into. It took 15 minutes to set up, and wasn't great, and then I'm doing a Zoom call. This is new and wonderful, and all of a sudden now it's the old bad way to do How, how quickly is this industry going to move on me? I can't keep up.
2: Well, you know what's interesting? Um, you remember when Econo came out before Cisco bought them, they were offering their interoperability bridge and engine um, as software or as hardware. Yeah. And it was much less expensive and smarter to install it on virtual machines as software, but most of their sales were hardware because it cut across towers within an organization it cut across, well you know I'm not the guy who buys the PC or runs the virtual machines, I'm the guy that's in charge of the room where the real estate people are the ones that buy the screens in the room and the ca- so getting it to a kit that's a box that's in one person's tower is going to be easier than, oh I gotta put in a PC, I need the PC guys or the PC guys you know the, the Microsoft guys and the, the, the network people who's going to own the device when it cuts across multiple towers, yeah. so by making it a box it makes it a lot easier.
1: And I wonder what's going to happen with a lot of the uh, system integrators and the people who it's their job to install these rooms and make it work because if it's so simple to do now you know you just you know have this you know one unit and you know three cables or whatever what's going to be the
3: role of the system integrators and the AV people well, that's the reason why platforms are so important because the service providers if you can take Zoom's network statistics and you can white label them and you can start building uh, intelligent sort of um, reporting, dashboards, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, then as a service, uh, as a systems integrator, you can build your own intellectual property or, or build something that's unique to you. So, this is where platform plays start adding value to systems integrators. They start thinking, I can own my own intellectual property behind providing reports or dashboards or uh, insights, those sorts of things. The other thing that I find interesting as well, we're, we've all been talking about calls and, and meetings. Um, we forgot to mention that the um, Poly uh, Poly, uh, X Studio and Neat also provide um, casting so I don't have to be on a call I can just use a room for projecting essentially by a simple um, play or connectivity through through wireless presentation which means that huddle rooms are multi-purpose thank goodness you don't have to be on a call you you can just go in and present directly onto a screen. And the
2: integrator's typical answer to it you brought up Blair is the idea that um, we're putting these systems in rooms that would not have had systems before. Um, if, you, if you're doing a boardroom, if you're doing a huge auditorium or a meeting room, there are still products, you still need the integrator, you still need all the complex programming. But what we're finding out is all the manufacturers, mine and other ones included, are talking about we want to build for the, you know, 80 percent of the rooms that didn't have technology, and then you're going to have some in the middle that honestly did go to an integrator and it was a waste of money and time and expense because we can't handle it with a drop-in box. So that's on the rubble, on on the bubble. But you know, the integrators will still integrate the big
3: rooms, and hopefully, we'll fill in these smaller rooms with the new components that are coming out. Yeah, I think you're going to have um, some interesting IT, IT departments. You know, I, I'm just looking at what they look at the resume. You know, have, how are you like at do it yourself? Have you have you sort of what do you like at putting panels on the wall? I, I'm just wondering what sort of new skills are are going to be in source and which ones going to be outsourced. Because those huddle rooms, you know, I, I, I don't like DIY. For me, when I pick up a hammer or whatever, it's destroy it yourself instead of do it yourself. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I'd much rather pay someone to do it properly. After we use that one. Yeah. yeah. I, I li- I'd like to pay someone to do it properly, but I wonder whether or not how many of those skills will be insourced. I mean, these things aren't difficult to... It's installed, or outsourced,
2: or you know, you make a big purchase at a at a large uh, uh, um, electronics shop, and you know, how hard is it for their geek squad or somebody else to come in and you know, hook up the three wires and say, fine, bye? Yeah. So you're no longer going to these big bids. You're not just going to small mom and pop shops, and you know, smart techies that can walk in and do
4: this. Yeah, stuff. yeah, and the intelligence built into some of the systems is making it uh, giving making it easier to install. So I don't have to worry about where I'm going to place microphones if the system has 25 foot range, like the the Polycom. Uh, does with the ability to do noise cancellation and, and pick up you know, from different parts of the room I just you know let my and ins- you do. you don't need to install software you don't need to
2: log on and turn it on it wakes up in your platform of choice how you ordered it so it is easier so so let's get to some some wrap-up thoughts here before we do that David I know you're presenting today right so yes two o'clock. Well, nobody's going to see this because it's going to run. You're going to already present it. But just tell everybody what, what, what topic you're covering so they understand what's it's going on. It's going to be
0: the, uh, the next generation of webinars. What, what I liked in the keynote, uh, for, for months now, I've been doing webinars using third-party software with Zoom that allows me to put my PowerPoint behind me and put videos behind me and present kind of like a, a weatherman as opposed to a typical webinar where you're in the little box or not seen at all and doing a bullet point power, uh, PowerPoint. And it's been a lot of fun for me. I think webinars could be fun instead of being something we really dread and Zoom is making Zoom is making this happen by putting these features in and that's basically what the, what the presentation is going to be about. Cool, all
2: right. So anybody's interested can, you can email David at Let's Do Video and he'll send you his slides. I'll jump to in you a
3: DeLorean it. and go back in time. Yeah. <laughs> two, <so>. o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> two, o'clock, two o'clock
2: today but you will have seen this the next one anyway, never mind. so uh, this is the last part of this I'm going to talk about um, uh, the topic I love the crystal balls take your crystal balls out let's assume we're at Zoomtopia next year what will have changed in the industry? What do you think will be announced by then? What do you think was going to be the biggest impact of what came out this year? Predictions, let's go in the other direction. I'll start with you. Uh, what, what do you, what do you, what do you think? there. <laughs> yeah, I know. Sorry to catch
4: you off guard. You know, I, th- I think they'll, the, I have to think about this for a second. Um, I, I think you'll continue to see Zoom growing. I mean, they've got tremendous momentum. Uh, other than Slack, I don't know of any company in this industry that people form an emotional bond with. You know, that uh, they, like uh, to David's point, you, people don't walk up to you and say, Oh, I love, you know, I'm not going to pick on vendors here, but they, they do it with Zoom. and Yeah, more hate like, than love, right? Yeah. So um, I think you'll continue to see some growth. Um, it doesn't, you know, Zoom's never really had a, a, a an acquisition strategy where they're going out and buying partners. If they're going to buy anybody, maybe like an otter or someone uh, that, that gives them additional functionality that they can build in versus going to try and buy market share or, or so on. Um, but I think you, you know, I, I'm, I think you'll continue to see other competitors consolidate and try and figure out what can we do to make our systems better and and that's been the big impact I've I've seen out of Zoom is that the competitive solutions have gotten an awful lot better over the last couple of years. It's
3: good to have competition. Yeah, that that pace of innovation is just going to accelerate and I think you're going to get a crisis of prioritization with other vendors that have got multiple feet in multiple camps and multiple solutions. It's, well, do I put my engineering resources on my telephony platform that's on-prem or in the cloud or hybrid or in my conferencing, do I do this, do I do this? Do I support this platform and this platform and this this platform? Um, there's going to be a lot of traditional vendors that are going to be caught in this um, cr- uh, crisis of prioritisation, and I think the pace of innovation is just going to accelerate with with cloud-based um, services. So uh, yeah, we, we're going to see this acceleration and breakaway from the innovators. And you innovate in the cloud, you use hyperscale um, platforms as service providers, you can do that because. All you need to focus on is, is the end user and the functionality that they want. Um, and yeah, to Ed's point, it, it's, they don't have customers, they have fanatics. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it's great to see that sort of, um, that, that, that real uh, demand and that, that, that thirst zeal. for... Yeah, zeal. Zeal's the right word, yeah. yeah to, to zoom, zeal. We'll have to... The <laughs> David? <laughs>
0: one. Um, one thing, and I think I'm already starting to see it, is um, our focus is going to change a little bit. There's two things that happen in business meetings. One is communication, seeing and hearing the other people, and the other is productivity, getting work done. And up till now, we've been totally focused on the communications part. Is the video good? Is the resolution getting higher? Is the frame rate getting better? Um, you know, is the audio better? Can we you know, get rid of background noise? All these things to make sure the communication aspect is good. And the productivity, well, you know, that's, that's you know, whoever's meeting, that's your job to get the work done. Now that these tools work, you're not going to blow my mind if you say, hey, look at the reliability of our new system. I haven't had a bad call in years. The reliability's been there. You're not going to blow my mind if you say, look at the quality of this call. That happened five years ago. You know, the quality's amazing. Now I want to see, okay, we get it. Video works. Help us be more productive in meetings. And we're starting to see that. The transcripts. Oh, I love that. And you know, Zoom's had that and other vendors are having that. I don't have to take notes in meetings anymore. So instead of focusing on taking notes, I can focus on getting work done. Those sorts of features that, and just the focus on what happens in meetings, um, I think is gonna be the next phase of our industry.
3: I think that's great there, I mean, there is diminishing returns in terms of how much effort do I want to put on in- improving the video, um, and that productivity is interesting. One thing I do not like, though, is, is um, voice to text being passed off as AI. Um, <laughs> there's no context, you know, if, if we talk, if, it's, if we're doing a transcript of this, and we talk about UC, it will be, it will be UC as opposed to unified communications. <laughs> So I, I don't like that sort of that's yeah, jump on the bandwagon that you know the the the, the I'm um, with you on that.
2: One of the one of the um Oh, I want to be kind, and I don't want to say the cheesiest announcement, so I won't say one of the cheesiest announcements. But one of the things that came up out of the show <coughs> this idea of universal translation, which is now supported as long as you have translators standing there on microphones. Yeah, I'm not sure that I would have really put that one in the keynote.
3: No, that Star Trek universal translators is, is, is yeah, a few the, years yeah. off yet, isn't it?
2: AI is doing some of the translation, but not that good. So maybe we should just wait for it. Yeah. Great. Well, anyway, Blair, your your predictions.
1: So I, I think we're going to see the ecosystem or ecosystem keep expanding, you know, with more partnerships, uh, more integrations. They've got the, um, the marketplace. So I think we're going to see that continuing to grow. Because one thing a lot of us talk about is the, the value of having communications embedded in the applications and the workflows that people are using. So, you know, Zoom and Slack have a relationship. And, you know, Slack is really huge on integrating into the workflows and applications that people use. And I think we're going to see Zoom moving more in that direction, especially with Zoom voice. Or Zoom phone because that that's very important is you know just from the application you're in whether it's Salesforce or whatever being able to access these capabilities so we're we're seeing the beginnings of it but I think next year we're going to see you know that um, marketplace you know really grow and that ecosystem is going to, going to be much bigger.
2: Okay, guys. Well, great. Thank you. Um, let's go around one more time with you, starting Erwin. Just how can people get in touch with you and reach you if they want to talk to you?
4: Sure. Best way to contact me is on Twitter. I'm L A Z A R or um, at Nemertes.com, uh, N-E-M-E-R-T-E-S.com.
3: Myself, um, T Banting on Twitter or Tim.Banting at
0: Let's do video on Twitter or let's do video.com.
1: On Twitter, I'm B-P-L-E-Z, b-p-l-e-z and uh, my email is Bpleasant@confusion.com. at Confusion.com.
0: Terrific. Guys,
2: thank you very much for being here. Let me slide over again so I can just kind of get into the corner <laughs> of the shot. Um, I, I hope this, I mean, we'll look at it. We, we obviously haven't seen it as we're recording it, but amazing technology that this camera is doing, focusing on people. I'm David Danto for Avi Nation TV for the IMCCA. Thank you for watching Connected. We'll be back again the next time we feel like it. And, um, and, uh, and enjoy the rest of uh, Zootopia, guys. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you.